The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. With prices soaring at the pump, filling up can be stressful. That's why Discover has your back with cashback. Use Discover to earn 5% cash back at gas stations and Target, now through June, on up to $1,500 in purchases when you activate. We know every dollar matters right now, but you can count on us. Get up to $75 cash back this quarter with your Discover It card. Limitations apply. Learn more at discover.com slash rewards. Welcome into Stacking the Box. It's another week with Michelle Bruton, our NFL guru or fantasy football expert. You also do hockey and uh, extreme sports. I do a lot of things. A lot of things yeah. here. Still in for Matt Vergeram, who's <laughs> on vacation again. And I am Josh Hill, as always, every single week. Uh, Michelle, let's just fly right into this one because football, we're in that dead period still. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe in the dead periods. Like people are like, oh, there's nothing to talk about now with football. It's Nothing's going on. Something's always going on. Always something to talk about. And right around this time of year is when we start pinpointing head coaches next year that may or may not be employed when we're talking about them in the summer of 2019. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, right away, let's just kind of run down the list here yeah. because this is completely knee-jerk. It's the middle of the summer. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know who's going to get fired. But we have a kind of a good idea who might be on the hot seat going into the season. And I don't think there's any other way to start this list than other than Hugh Jackson yeah. in Cleveland. What are the chances, Michelle, because Verderam and I have this running thing that he's not going to make it to Halloween. What are the chances <laughs> that he makes it to the end of the season in Cleveland? Or are we being too hard on him and maybe we should let this play out because it seems to be a foregone conclusion that he's going to be fired. Yeah, and I think, you know, we touched on this a little bit uh, either a couple weeks back or last week when we were talking about um, Baker and, mm-hmm. and sort of how his career is going to get off yeah. in Cleveland. And, you know... I think that we can all agree that Hugh Jackson just completely mismanaged Deshaun Kaiser um, and totally just, you know, torpedoed any chance he had of being successful there. And so it's either you've got to either decide that Hugh Jackson is the guy you want developing and working with Baker and Mm -hmm. he's in it for the entirety of Baker's rookie deal or you decide that he's not the guy you want with Baker and you want Baker to kind of get into his coach coordinator you know rhythm as soon as possible and you get rid of him as soon as possible and so if it's the latter I think that Cleveland's just waiting for that first you know one and three two and five yeah to just pull the plug um you know it's it's really hard to say just because things have changed so much in Cleveland there's Mm -hmm. been so many front office you know shake-ups so many coaching shake-ups yeah I it's hard to kind of tell where they're at with it. Um, 
But that being said, I just, I would be shocked if he makes it to January. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a big one. Who do you think replaces him, though? Because I'm, for some reason, I've turned into the uh, Matt LaFleur stan of yeah. the NFL world. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought he should have <clears throat> got a, a head coaching job this offseason. I actually don't hate that mm-hmm. pairing of him and Baker Mayfield. Let's see what he does with Marcus Mariota this year. Yeah. But, I mean, Jared Goff last year, Matt right. Ryan the year before, the only good year of Robert Griffin in Washington. That's pretty good uh, resume to have. So if I'm a Cleveland fan, it also seems like one of those unsexy hirings to make because it always seems Cleveland wants to go and get a home run guy. Mm-hmm. Mike Holmgren's, Holmgren's going to come in. Right. Maybe they can get, you know, Bill Parcells to come in back in the day. And, you know, the Butch Davis came over, I remember, from Miami way back when. All these big hirings, none of them ever work out. And I wonder if this is a low-key enough hire in the future, I guess, mm-hmm. to end up working out. But is there anybody out there that kind of – you're looking at and you say this is a person that Michelle Bruton says keep an eye on because (laughs) next year could have a head coaching job yeah well and I guess you know obviously there are always the coordinators who are ready to move Mm. up to the next level but I think you know a lot of times what we see and we see this with you know free agent quarterbacks as well is it just ends up being this um, musical chairs game and Mm -hmm. so I think to talk about who might take over in Cleveland, we want to maybe look at the other coaches yeah. who could end up getting let go either the middle of this year or by Black Monday yeah. next year. Um, because if you've got, you know, someone like um, Marvin Lewis, you know, yeah. still in the same state. Um, if you look at someone like Adam Gase or Vance Joseph, mm-hmm. you know, if those are guys who are also not going to make it to the end of the year, are we just going to see, you know, I think the thing with Cleveland is, and, uh, you know, it's, it's not necessarily, um, I don't know, I guess I'm, now I'm of two minds because <laughs> I was going to say when you have a new quarterback when there's yeah. so much on the line you want someone with experience you mm-hmm. want someone who's a proven leader but I mean look at the Rams yeah. you know look at Sean McVay and look at Jared Goff and mm-hmm. we we have seen, I don't want to necessarily call it a trend yet but we have seen that some of these young innovative coaches have done really well with new quarterbacks because they are closer to their age. They seem to be able to have this like locker room camaraderie. Mm -hmm. Plus they have new ideas that, you know, haven't been being run for the last 15 years and defenses know how to figure them out. So if they're offensive minded, so I don't know. That being said, I guess, I guess I'll throw it back to you. Do you think that Cleveland wants someone to lead Baker who has a proven track record, who can manage him, who, you know, (laughs) can make sure that he doesn't, go off the deep end or do you yeah. think that they could get a little bit creative with someone younger someone who he could see as more of a mentor or not a peer but you know someone a little closer to his yeah I, I was of this mind last year when the Sean McVay stuff was happening yeah. and I thought it was going to create a trend where everybody wants to find the millennial head coach right. you know, because <laughs> it, we're seeing a change we're seeing a changing of the guard so to speak and John Gruden coming back is comical to me because it highlights everything that I said was wrong with these coaching searches, which is you're always looking for a guy who is a veteran, who knows how the game's supposed to be played. But he knows how it was supposed to be played in 1998. You don't want to get, you know, Steve Spurrier, we saw him come over. The game had passed him by. Joe Gibbs is a classic example. Mm -hmm. This this is who I try to tell Raiders fans to look at when they talk about John Gruden becoming the next incarnation, you know, John Madden for Mm -hmm. the Raiders. It's not going to happen because Joe Gibbs was a great head coach in the 80s and the 90s, won a Super Bowl with the Redskins, comes back in the mid-2000s, and they go to the playoffs twice in four years, and then he's out. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you have to look at 
when you're a team like Cleveland or a team like Oakland and you're mm -hmm. going to go and get an, a veteran head coach and for a lack of a better term, an old guy to be your head coach, the game has passed certain people by. Steve Mariucci was the same thing. Great mm -hmm. in the 90s with the, with the 49ers, goes to Detroit. The game was changing in the early part of the decade and passed him right by. Right. Then you get guys like McVay. You get guys like Kyle Shanahan. Mm -hmm. There's some outliers there like Belichick, but even then, like their game's yeah. going to pass it. Tom Landry got a phased out. Yeah. Like, these are like Vince Lombardi, legendary coaches got phased out. And it's going to happen with every generation of head coach. If you're Cleveland, I would look young. Mm -hmm. I would look at a guy who can take that culture and change it. Baker Mayfield's a step in the right direction, but I don't think any of the Marvin Lewis gets fired. Don't touch it. If yeah. Dirk Cutter gets fired, He's going to get a high school job somewhere. <laughs> so if you're Cleveland, you go young. Yeah. That's where the league is going. And it's, it's not to say that, you know, it's not an ageist thing or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just this is the, the trend. So you did mention Vance Joseph, who is mm -hmm. a younger guy, who I think is probably going to be out yep. this year as well. Adam Gaze is another guy who could go out. Who do you think gets fired first? I have, we have the little list here. Yeah. Hugh Jackson's obviously up there. I'm going to throw Dirk Cutter on a list of a guy who might not make it all the way through the year mm -hmm. and Jason Garrett I think is a dark horse candidate to not make it yeah. to the end of the year which of those three guys do you think gets fired first yeah well and as we were just talking about um you know who who's out there to replace mm -hmm. these guys and and when are some of these guys gonna get fired it makes me think that you know really part of the reason we don't see coaches get fired you know before the first bye week mm -hmm. is that um, who else is out there? Right. You know, if you fire someone in week nine, who's available in week mm -hmm. nine? And so I guess I'm walking it back a little bit, just thinking about, you know, some of these coordinators who are maybe rising up to the next level aren't yeah. going to be available to be hired mm -hmm. until the end of this season. So I think if one of these teams is going to let someone go mid-season, it's going to have to be for a really egregious reason. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I think with Tampa, and you can speak to this maybe better mm -hmm. than I can, but you, I don't know that they get rid of Dirk Cotter and Jameis Winston, um, or maybe they just decide that they're going to clean house and, mm -hmm. and just totally. I, uh, think, I think with that, it's going to be Cotter and everybody in the front office goes. Uh -huh. Again, to your point, I don't know if it goes in the middle of the season or if it's after the season. Winston's suspension to start the year kind of already gets things off to a bumpy start. Right. So I don't know if that hurts Cutter or if that works in his favor where they're like, look, you've it's lost like a life Yeah. Or to say, like, we're not going to do this in the middle of the season because mm -hmm. it's already a lost cause. Right. So what's the point? Like, you know, uh, Ben McAdoo. They, <laughs> they were riding that out as long as they right. could, and then they ended up making the decision. Because that, that turned toxic. And that's, yeah. if any of these guys turn toxic, and mm -hmm. maybe it could between Cotter and Jameis Winston, I think that's when you just got to get them out of that locker room immediately. Exactly. And like if, you, if things are going downhill, it's going to be because of the offense. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, what the Buccaneers could do is you could fire Cotter, you could make Smith, Mike Smith, the interim head coach, maybe give him the job next year, but I think that would be a bad idea. But clean house in the front office in the offseason, and then you get one more year with Jameis, draft a replacement, and then you see what you have. You either mm -hmm. have a guy who's motivated and wants to be the franchise quarterback and wants to decide to stop you know, bad touching in public, or you get a guy who you can just cut bait on, yeah. and you don't have to worry about him. You have his replacement. The people who were in charge when he was drafted – gone you have no ties to him whatsoever and you can kind of usher in this new generation mm -hmm. or iteration of the team i guess 
But the problem with that is the defense is old. Right. You kind of have to jumpstart everything. So, right. and you're you're cutting bait on a number one overall pick four or five years after you took him, right. which. I don't want to hear that as an excuse as to why Jameis Winston needs to stay. That's at the bottom of the list. Right. If anything, that should be the reason why he's doing so well. So I think cutting bait in the offseason, Cutter, he's gone, front office, clean house, and then you can bring somebody in. But to your point, too, the question is, who do they bring in? Right. And that was a big thing last year. Everybody mm-hmm. said Cutter needed to go, he needed to be fired, and all the reports were that the Buccaneers were ready to fire him and hire John Gruden. Yeah. Which, again, not fixing the problem. <laughs> but that also goes to to the point of who else is who are you going to replace your head coach it's so fun to say well fun in a <laughs> loose term to say the head coach is fired mm-hmm. now it's a, now it's a head coaching search i mean we do those posts all the time five replacements for this head right. coach they're fun people want to know these things but realistically who do you replace them with who do you replace the guy who you think is going to be the leader of your team in the next four years. Because you don't just hire a guy because you fired somebody. You're like, oh, we'll get somebody else next year. You hire somebody on like three, four-year contracts. Right. Chip Kelly got a four-year contract. He was out after a year. Right. But you hire a guy to get into this job. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see who is out there as far as replacements are concerned. But I think you can identify some of these destinations. And yeah. Tampa's a, a good destination. Cleveland's a good destination. Mm-hmm. Dallas is an interesting one. And I want your thoughts on Baltimore. I think Mm -hmm. that's a real dark horse, not for an in-season firing, but we've kind of heard rumblings before that the Harbaugh era is coming to an end. He was losing the locker room, I think the year they won the Super Bowl. So it's kind of been going since then. This, to me, feels like if the Ravens don't turn into a playoff season, or even if they go to the playoffs, we could see the Harbaugh era come to a close here, and somebody comes in, and it's Lamar Jackson plus Coach X. Right, and that's the thing. I think you once you have who you think your quarterback of the future is you don't want to let him kind of languish with this you know incumbent head coach for Mm -hmm. too long and I think that you know ultimately you know Flacco I mean he's not you know he's the whole joke like is Flacco elite Flacco (laughs) is not elite no uh but he's he's holding it together I think you know he's got he's got a little bit more left in the tank Mm -hmm. um but at the same time, you know, Flacco's not going to save Harbaugh's job. He's not that no. good. The defense isn't going to save Harbaugh's job. It's not really, you know, what it used to be. And yeah. so ultimately, I don't think that this is, you know, sort of the end of the road for Harbaugh. I think that he's still, you know, again, like we're talking about who's out there. And, you know, on one hand, we just saw the really talented crop of assistants and, mm-hmm. and um, coordinators sort of all find homes. You mm-hmm. know, Matt Patricia went to the Lions. Yep. Uh, Shanahan's in San Francisco mm-hmm. now. Um, Matt Nagy is with the Bears now. Yeah. And so all of these really talented coordinators are off the market. And so it's going to take a couple years to kind of build up again to mm-hmm. that level of head coach ready talent. And so until that time, you know, you've got someone like John Harbaugh wandering around looking for a job. Yeah. You know, that's going to feel more comfortable to you than taking someone from college, taking someone as an assistant. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, you know, I think people are going to want to see some proven success with these assistants because Ben McAdoo did not look great. Mm-mm. Joe Philbin did not look great. Nope. So, you know, as, assistants have to come in and prove that they're not just beneficiaries of the systems that they were in, yeah. that they can really create their own offense. So that gets away from your point about Baltimore a little bit. But I, I do think it's interesting just even with the Ravens, you know, okay, I do know that um, Harbaugh's been losing the locker room. That's sort of been around for, mm-hmm. you know, murmurs for a while. 
but who do you replace them with again? Exactly. There's some people piping up in the chat here about coaches. Uh, Nick Franz is on the dirt cutter. He's going to go. He's mm-hmm. going to sink or swim with Jameis Winston, which I think we can, yeah. we can agree with that. Uh, Brad Hans says that Marvin Lewis is a Cincy for lifer. <laughs> so it's like... Well, we, good luck with that. The yeah. man hasn't won a playoff game, which right. I think if there's a guy that maybe could bounce back. I don't... If you suffer from ED, 15 minutes could change your life. Peak Performance for Men offers a revolutionary treatment called Focus Linear Compression Therapy. There's no pain, no needles, and no downtime. Now, Peak Performance for Men is offering six sessions free with qualifying treatment protocol enrollment. There's never been a better time or a better deal to fix ED. Call Columbus's only trusted focused linear compression therapy provider today at 614-739-8181. That's 614-739-8181. I'm going to get too off topic here with the coaches, but I guess it's relevant. You know, the, we also transitions into our next topic, too. The AFC South or the AFC North is such a weird division this year yeah. where the Cleveland's not going to win it. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're getting with Pittsburgh. Speaking of places where the wheels can fall off. Right. Uh, you know, Cincinnati is kind of in there with Baltimore to maybe win that division, maybe get up there. And, then, you know, Marvin Lewis's swan song, finally winning a playoff mm. game and getting <laughs> blown out in, you know, Foxborough. Right. You know, prayers up for that. But right. I don't know. But that takes us into our next topic, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Training camp, we're here, it's the summer, and just like the head coaching predictions, who's going to get fired, we like to rank things, just players, Anything. quarterbacks, fan bases, fandom 250. Um, uniforms. Uniforms, <laughs> logos. By the way, I was, I was shopping around Wicker Park the other day here uh-huh. in Chicago. My and hood. speaking of logos, I saw in a, a thrift store, an old like 90s phoenix coyotes jacket oh. with the old coyotes logo oh. but some guy's name steve was stitched into the thing <laughs> steve they also had an old school packers one that looked really oh, cool nice. and an old school a Chief- starter jacket yeah or a, yeah a starter one an old school chiefs one went back when they were in uh Ooh, texas bought that from matt verderam well they were texas so yeah the little texas oh, logo okay. i think they were yeah, the, yeah so Anyways, logos. We like to rank yes. logos. Mm-hmm. Divisions are something we also like to rank yes. as far as strength of those divisions. We uh, NFL.com threw together a ranking, top to bottom, best to worst, the divisions in football. And I want to run them by you and see what you think. Okay. According to NFL.com, heading into training camp, so where we're at right now in the season, the NFC South is the toughest division in football. Agree? Disagree with that. Agree. And it's a little bit boring because they were the best division last year they were Mm -hmm. the only division that sent three teams to the playoffs which is my favorite thing ever also it's really exciting when a division can (laughs) send three teams to the playoffs because it's such a case of haves and have-nots um but you know they went 25 and 15 against the rest of the league Mm -hmm. um they scored 149 points more than they allowed Mm -hmm. and that's even i mean the buccaneers weren't great last year they were 5 and 11 is that right horrible yeah and and you had them kind of dragging the rest of that division down but even so they were they were ahead in dvoa Mm -hmm. they were ahead in almost every metric um and you look at the quarterbacks in that division i mean Jameis is a wild card but Mm -hmm. other than that you've got newton you've got ryan and you've got breeze oh yeah those are three guys who i could see any of them representing the nfc in the super bowl this year um, and, you know, I, I think that on one hand, we sort of thought, you know, there was a, a couple years back, we were saying, you know, is Breeze done? Is he going to retire? Mm-hmm. Maybe the, the Saints window has closed. And then, uh, you know, with Kamara and with sort of all the exciting young talent they've got there, yeah. all of a sudden they're in it again. They're contenders. Um, the Falcons have always been, you know, 
I wouldn't even say like sneaky contenders. They they contend year after year. Mm-hmm. They just don't ever seem to be the favorites. Um, I actually saw this is like. I mean, this is still on topic, but I saw a tweet go by the other day, and it was like, since that game in 2010 when Aaron Rodgers beat Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. like Matt Ryan has been far and away the better quarterback since then. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. But I'm glad I'm sitting down for this. <laughs> Holy cow. What? <laughs> yes. Aaron Rodgers never blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. Yes. Just saying. But I do think that, you know, Matt Ryan is um, – I think better than people give him credit for. Yeah. And, and, you know, the part of the reason they blew that lead, too, was that defense was so young and mm-hmm. so inexperienced. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that division, I think, is probably, again, the best contender to send three teams to the playoffs, mm-hmm. especially because the balance of power in the NFC isn't as lopsided as it is in the AFC. So yeah. you've got – there's so much parity, and you've mm-hmm. got so many teams who are just going to be so close to a wild card. Um, yeah. It could be the difference of a couple games. So – I think they're they're spot on on that. Do you agree? I agree. And speaking of the parity, yeah. the top three divisions yeah. for NFL.com, as far as the toughest divisions in football right now, are all from the NFC. Yep. You know, it's not until number four where you get to the AFC, and of all places, it's the AFC South. Right. So, you know, this division we love <clears throat> to make fun of, and mm-hmm. we love to say, oh, man, you win it by default if you're Houston. You just need to win eight games, and you're in. Now, all of a sudden, you know, it's... It, a little bit of jarring to see that there is the fourth right. best division behind the NFC West, which right. we know is pretty decent. Um, the AFC South, you've got Tennessee, mm-hmm. you've got Jacksonville. Both quarterbacks are question marks. We don't right. know what we're going to say. That's rise, rise or die, ride or die, whatever, with Mariota and uh, Blake Bortles. You don't know what you're getting with Andrew Luck right. with the shoulder in Indianapolis. New head coach, who knows how that's going to go. And then you've got Houston, who might be one of the most improved teams in football, without having to go out and sign any major free agents because right. they're getting Watson back, they're getting Watt, they're getting Whitney Merciless back, they added Honey Badger. Mm-hmm. So the thought there is that you've got Bill O'Brien, who we didn't mention among the coaches who should get fired, but I still am going to beat that drum until <laughs> the song comes true. Um, what do you think of the AFC South? Is it, A, the fourth best division of football, and B, the best division among the AFC? Yeah, it's... It's a little crazy. You know, I I definitely agree with the NFC South, NFC North, and NFC West being the top divisions in football because, like we talked about, there's so much parity and Mm -hmm. and there are so many teams that are, I think, already you can pencil them in for the playoffs now. So then getting into the AFC, you know, it's it's funny that the AFC East comes in at the bottom of this list because Mm -hmm. they've got the league's best team. But (laughs) obviously, as we know, the rest of the teams in that division are, you know, as Verderam would like to say, three road cones. <laughs> yes. Um, I think this NFL.com ranking is a little too high on the AFC mm-hmm. South because there are just so many question marks. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to put, you know, too much stake in Bortles and Mariota to lead their teams to the playoffs. I mean, Bortles last year, obviously, um, I think was a little bit of an anomaly, and I think he benefited from a strong team around big time. him big yeah. time. I don't know that Andrew Luck, you know, even if he's 100% healthy and it doesn't look like he is yet, I mm-hmm. mean, he's throwing very gingerly. They're not letting him do a lot. Yeah. Um, he hasn't played a game in so long. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, even if physically he can get back into shape, that, it, you know, it's hard to get back into that rhythm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I agree that I think Houston is playoff bound for sure, but I don't think you can rank the whole division that high just because of the strength of Houston. No. So. Again, I guess it's kind of a uh, looking at the strong teams in the division to kind of um, 
balance out the rest. But I actually think the AFC West is a little bit too low on here because yeah. that's a division where, again, mm-hmm. it's it's so sink or swim. Um, you know, the Chiefs, I mean, we saw them with Kareem Hunt. Um, they kind of went off. You know, now they've got questions at quarterback. Yeah. The Raiders were so much worse than people expected. And I still have faith in Derek Carr, but I have no idea what they're going to look like with John Gruden. <laughs> that old, actually, yeah, old right. Is what they're going to look right. like. Right. And look at their, their backfield. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. I think it's average age is like 31 or something. Yeah. Um, and then the AFC North, you know, maybe you swap the AFC North and the AFC South, because as we were just sort of talking about before, you've got three teams in that division that I think could contend for the playoffs. It actually is a little surprising to me that the AFC South is ahead of the AFC North yeah. on this list. It, it reminds me a little bit, a little bit, of kind of what we have going on in the NBA right now, where yeah. everybody's like, Western Conference is right. by far the best conference, and the Eastern Conference is basically like a JV team. Right. You know, it's the Sixers, the Celtics, and nobody else. Right. I kind of feel that same way about the NFL. Yeah. And, and it's weird because... You, when you think of basketball, you have the best players in the conf- in the league are in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. And in the AFC, you have Tom Brady, who's the best player by far in football. He is the best player the last 10 years, but he's in the weaker conference. Right. You have guys like Ben Roethlisberger, like Joe Flacco, big-name coaches over in the AFC, Harbaugh, Gruden's back over there. You've mm-hmm. got Andy Reid, the Chiefs, the Broncos, these big franchises. And you just look at it and you're like, I don't know where to rank these divisions. Because everything that we were saying about the AFC South, I was thinking it's the same thing about the AFC West. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you're getting. It's just slightly better product. Same thing with the AFC North. It's slightly better product. Like it's Ben Roethlisberger, but he's at the the end of his career. We don't know if he's going to make it through the whole year healthy. We don't know if that team is going to stay together the whole year. Mm -hmm. The Browns are the Browns, but they might be (laughs) one of the most improved teams in the conference. Which is incredible. To Three think. wins this year. Exactly. Well, half a win. They've won one half of a game. <laughs> yeah. It'll be an improvement. But then you look at the flip side in the NFC, and it just seems like everybody, yeah. even the Panthers, who we like to hate on a little bit because Cam Newton, there's question marks about him and Ron Rivera and how good they are. I was thinking about comparing the AFC South and the NFC South, especially the, the NFC South and the NFC North, mm-hmm. because I was like, you know, Packers, the Vikings, the Lions, Stafford and Rodgers and, you know, Matt, uh, Matt Nagy and the Bears coming up. Is that really better than the NFC South? I'm like, that's a tough call. Yeah. You can't make that argument in the AFC in the same way because you're saying it's a tough call between the West and the South because eh, right. age, right. You know, logos, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, prestige of the fan base. Like, there's really nothing there, which is a little bit depressing because I really loved the NFC playoffs last year. Yeah. You know, those matchups, even the wild card matchup with the Rams, mm-hmm. that was that was a lot of fun. And in the AFC, the fun was the surprising parts. It was nobody expected Blake Bortles to get to the AFC championship game, whereas nobody expe- expected Nick Foles to win Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> that was because the team was really, really good. And Nick Foles is a seasoned veteran who understands the game right. and was in the right system, whereas the Jaguars were a good team, but Blake Bortles it was like a fluke. Right. There's just so much uncertainty. Right. I, just, I can't buy into the AFC. Right. Maybe it's because we're NFC fans, right. but I just I can't buy into the right. AFC. I can't do it. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I was thinking about if not the NFC South, which other NFC, I don't think any AFC teams send three, or any other AFC division send three teams to the playoffs, but which NFC divisions could send three teams to the playoffs? And, you know, the funny thing about uh, the NFC West is that as the Rams and the 49ers rise, Mm. um, the Cardinals and the Seahawks, Seahawks are are sinking yeah. big time. I mean, I think the Seahawks. I think their windows 
done. Oh, I think yeah. it's close. I don't think Russell Wilson ever wins another, you know, Super Bowl with it's them. It's been close. It's been close. The Seahawks is repeatedly flying <laughs> into, into the, the window, window and falling <laughs> down. So. Uh, but, you know, I think, and obviously I'm, um, I, I study the NFC North a lot because I'm a Packers fan, but I, uh, I was in an Uber the other day mm-hmm. and my driver grew up in Chicago. He's lived here for 60 years and he mm-hmm. found out I was a sports writer and he was all excited and he was like, let's go through the Bears schedule mm-hmm. and figure out their record. So we sat in the Uber and we went through the entire schedule and all wins and losses. And I came up with <coughs> six and 10. Mm-hmm. He came up with seven and nine. So he was a little bit more optimistic yeah. than I was. Um, but, you know, I don't think... I don't think the Lions or Bears are, you know, quite as good as the third team would be in the NFC South. And mm-hmm. so I still think it's going to be the South that potentially sends three teams yeah. to the postseason. But the Bears and the Lions could both. And, you know, the Packers and the Vikings are, you know, 1A, 1B. And oh, that, yeah. I think that's exactly. you've got your division winner. You've got a wild card mm-hmm. pretty much locked up. Um, but, you know, you can't you can't necessarily underestimate how different the Bears could look this year. And, and if they have sort of that, if Trubisky has that second year jump that like Jared Goff had or that mm-hmm. Carson Wentz had, he's got so many weapons now. So that's a really fun division to watch. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward. Basically, I'm looking forward to everything about the NFC and nothing about the AFC. <laughs> I feel the same, like oh, you were saying. Oh. Yeah, I feel it's the true, same though. way about the AFC that I do yeah. with the NBA Western Conference. Like literally, I don't care because you know where it's going to end up. Whereas in the East, like, at least it's kind of interesting to watch mm-hmm. the Celtics and the Sixers and see, you know, how things turn out. Yeah. But, you know, in the NFL, it's kind of the same thing. Like, great, the Patriots are going to be in the Super Bowl again, so let's watch the NFC because that's where all the exciting talent is. Right. Blake Bortles, rescue us from the, from the Patriots. <laughs> let's end, uh, end the conversation on divisions on this because Joseph Stinger is in the chat and he brings up the Eagles. Uh-huh. And I actually had the NFC East circled on this list because yeah. it's the second worst division according to nfl.com and i think that's a little unfair because everybody says it's the eagles and then nothing right but let's not sleep on the giants okay new head coach you got eli manning has maybe one two good years Mm -hmm. left good ish years left at least years good enough to where he can put himself in situations where he makes a mistake and gives us Manny face, <laughs> which is good because it means they're in a position to win. Right. But you get Odell Beckham's there. You got a good receiving core next to him, a good mm-hmm. tight end. Saquon Barkley's there now. We've seen in Jacksonville and Dallas what happens when a team that's kind of on bubbling up, maybe had a little bit of a down year, has good pieces in place, drafts a running back, has a good head coach, has a nice quarterback in place. They take a leap that next year. Dak and uh, Zeke Elliott took a leap with Dallas. Leonard Fournette, a lot of people made a big deal about the Jaguars' defense, rightfully so, but Fournette, you know, you go back to that Steelers game that they won in Pittsburgh early in the season. Everybody's talking about how he had, like, a 1,000 yards in that game and everything like that. So you bring in Saquon, you have a team, a defense that is good, just was not very good last year, but the pieces seem to be able to work. I like New York to kind of challenge Philadelphia, a team who we're already putting back in the Super Bowl when how many times have we fallen into that trap? Mm -hmm. It's going to be these two teams back in the Super Bowl again. No, I mean, these teams are going to take it. They're going to regress. Jacksonville, they're going to regress. That's Mm -hmm. why I'm with you. I don't agree with the AFC South being ranked so highly. The Giants, I really, really think that they're in a position where they can capitalize on a Redskins team that's not going to be very good Mm -hmm. and a Cowboys team that nobody really knows what they are. And until they figure it out, they're not going to be any sort of really big roadblock for them to go over. I think it's the Giants and it's the Eagles 
And I'm not totally confident that the Eagles are, you know, running away with this division at all. Yeah, and you know, I... I Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms i think it's fair i'm not as high on the giants as you appear to be um and but i do think you make Mm -hmm. good points and i guess you have you can't overestimate how much ben mcadoo destroyed that team (laughs) i mean he and i you know as a packers fan he was so good in green bay so it's shocking to me that he was such a spectacular disaster Mm -hmm. as a head coach but that whole thing was so toxic all the way up to ownership Mm -hmm. um and you know as someone who Eli, to me, is, like, totally harmless. I just felt so bad for the guy. Yeah. Um, and his streak of starts. Yeah, it's right. Like, oh, and it's, I've never thought of Eli as, like, a gritty, uh, you know, kind <laughs> of, like. But I do. I, I hope if, if anything in his career is ever going to, like, light a fire under him, I hope this is. And I yeah. hope we see, like, Eli's revenge play out over this year and him just, like, go to town. Um, that being said, I think, in my opinion, I think the games between the Giants and the Eagles, you can basically just make a sweep for mm-hmm. the Eagles. I actually, I feel like I would take all your points and maybe apply them to Dallas, just in the sense mm. that I know that people are, you know, a little bit low on them this year. Um, and, you know, they, they lost Witten, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Des is gone. Um, and really, it's, it's everything's riding on the shoulders and the legs, I guess, of Dak and Zeke. Um, and if they can get it together, that could be, like, the best duo in the league. If they can't, Dallas could go, you know, 8-8. Eight and eight. Seven and nine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting to think. I think ultimately, unfortunately, um, I, is it Joseph who mm-hmm. wanted to talk? So, Joseph, I think you're totally right about the Eagles. You know, they make that division um, interesting. But at the same time, because there are two or three other divisions that we're looking at that could send two or three teams to the playoffs, ultimately, the NFC East just sort of it, no, it doesn't matter because, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to be – that's not going to yeah. be a division that has a wild card come out yeah. of it, I don't think. so. We'll, we'll have to see. It's, yeah. I think I, I, we talked about odds a couple of weeks ago, and I was telling people to bet on the Giants. So I think I've talked about it. Yeah, right. Look, it's you not a heard bad it here bet. first. It's not a bad bet. So I'll, I'll die on that hill very early in the season here. Um, more questions from the chat here before we get into our final topic. Uh, this one, I think, is for you. Uh, Rami Beek, Romy Beck. I don't know. I'm sorry. There's a dog for the profile picture, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I'm working with here. But uh, Mike McCarthy will be fired when the season is over. Michelle, Pakistan, yes or no? Because I say yes, but I've been saying this for a while. Yeah, everyone's been saying it for a while, and that's the thing. I think the one the one reason I'm not gonna say like, are you out of your mind? No, is because mm-hmm. there is a new GM in town now, and I think we've seen anytime there's a new GM, sometimes yeah, and and it's weird because. You know, Gutekinds obviously came from, he came in from in, the internal um, coaching staff. So it's not necessarily like he's going to want to bring in his own guy because, you know, he could be extremely loyal to McCarthy. McCarthy could be his guy because he's used to that system. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like they've had GM turnover in the sense that 
someone off the street came in and is going to like want to shake everything up. Plus, Ted is still hanging around yeah. in an advisory sort of scouting capacity. And I think he, you know, there were there were reports of sort of discord between Ted and McCarthy when they were working together. But I imagine that McCarthy is pretty safe just because he's worked with everyone in the front office for mm -hmm. so long. Um, I also think that at this point, I, I wrote an article about this a while back, but when you're this close and you've been this close mm -hmm. and you, you make the playoffs, you know, season after season and Aaron Rodgers, you know, his window's not necessarily closing. It just depends on how long he can play. But I don't think you, you can mess around with that too much. Cause can you imagine if the Packers fired Mike McCarthy and never made the playoffs again with Aaron Rodgers, it would be the most spectacular failure. I mean, mm -hmm. it would be remembered for decades. It would, you know, you'd yeah. look back and it would be that's the moment that this sort of second Packers dynasty, you know, thinking back to the 60s, it's the first one. The second Packers dynasty with Favre and Rodgers finally comes to an end mm -hmm. because they fire a coach. And I think it's easy to pin a lot of things on McCarthy. You know, his offensive system can be pretty vanilla. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, when your quarterback gets injured, you know, two out of three years, I mean, what else do you expect to happen? So yeah. I think that's a long way of saying, uh, Rami, hopefully I'm saying your name right, that no, I think, you know, it's, it's too risky and there's too many unknowns. And if mm -hmm. they mess up the relationship between McCarthy and Rodgers, um, <clears throat> it, it would be it could blow up in their faces. Yeah, it's, it's, I always look at these things. It's the Je uh, my Jeff Perlman theory, which yeah. is, or the Jeff Perlman test, which is, is this a situation in which he's gonna write a book about it and I'm gonna read every single page of the drama? Like he did yeah. it with the Lakers, Showtime right. Lakers, and the Dallas Cowboys and the Mets, that Mets season. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for the Warriors book about all the things that are going on with that Warriors locker room. Right. And this is the same thing, I wonder, what are the things that we don't see that are going on between these two? Like, it's all about perception. Mm -hmm. Like, when, the, when they're winning and they're smiling and they're hugging each other on the sideline, like, is that the relationship? That's just the perception of the relationship. And I wonder if firing McCarthy and the dynasty falling off the cliff exposes uh, Rogers' legacy. I, it's not so much to me a thing where it's going to be like, oh, this was like a turning point for the Packers when it is, but more so for me it would be that is blowing a lid off of Aaron Rodgers is considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time because he fired a head coach then all of a sudden he didn't go back to the playoffs again that to me would be damning to his legacy yeah. which I don't think it would happen I think it might be a Ben McAdoo situation where yeah. McAdoo goes from Green Bay to New York and is an absolute tire fire <laughs> and ruins a franchise to the point where they have to you know bench a Manning right <laughs> it's it's, I, I wonder if a lot of that has, uh, relates back to McCarthy and it's, you know, the vanilla offenses and everything like that. He's just not this gamester. He's yeah. not this, this tactical mind. He's not Belichick and Brady. Right. His tree has not really borne a lot the of fruit Philbin came all, out of right? that one. So I don't, I, I don't know. I've, I, I agree with you slightly that we shouldn't be so hard on McCarthy every single time that the Packers lose, but at the same time, we're not, it's not Vince Lombardi here. It's right. not the ghost of Lombardi that we're, we're insulting. Right. Well, and I guess, you know, I know we have to move on to our next topic, but one more thought comes into my head that I just want to share to sort of wrap this up. And that's that when Aaron Rodgers first came mm -hmm. to Green Bay, yeah. he had a terrible throwing motion. Mm -hmm. and, and anyone who's watched Aaron Rodgers his whole career knows that he was pretty bad when yeah. he first started. And McCarthy 
who is sort of a low-key quarterback whisperer, that's probably the best thing about him as a coach, came in, changed his throwing motion, worked with Rodgers, and made him into the passer he is today. So there's this interesting balance of power between McCarthy and Rodgers. McCarthy mm-hmm. was around when Rodgers was bad. And sure, Rodgers is the best, one of, if not the best quarterbacks yeah. in the league right now. But McCarthy was there before. And so I think in that sense, that allows McCarthy to have some sort of power and control over Rodgers that a coach who came in now wouldn't. And Mm. that's the thing. Any coach that would come in now when Rodgers is the biggest thing in football, about to maybe get the biggest contract in football, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that coach is going to have to jockey for position and power the whole time. And that could be a disaster. So that's, I think, another reason why you kind of don't touch McCarthy because whatever sort of um, authority or power he can hold over Rodgers, whatever respect he commands. You know, we've seen them scuffle. We've seen them argue on the sidelines. But you have to imagine that Rodgers, if nothing else, has to respect him just Mm -hmm. because he knows that McCarthy was there when he was really bad. That wouldn't be the same story for any other coach. So that's kind of my final point on why you just don't touch that situation. That's why we like you on the show. (laughs) Excellent point. And it also, I guess to wrap it up and move on to the next one, um, that's, that's another reason why Dallas is just a nightmare of a job. Yes. You know, you go in and it's Jerry Jones's team. That's right. why Jason Garrett is basically, you know, just, you know, he's a valet. Talking head. He's <laughs> just like, he's just sitting there. He's like, yes, sir. And all this, he's like motivating right. guys. And it's like, they're not winning. And nobody wants to go into that job because it's Jerry Jones all the way back to Jimmy Johnson. It right. was, it, it's a problem. So that's, that's good. I wonder if that's going to be something that the Packers hold on to McCarthy for, but we'll see if they win any more Super Bowls. Yeah. Speaking of holding on to people, final topic Fantasy football, we did this last week. Mm-hmm. We're bringing it back again this week. Sleepers, that's what we talked about. Now we're moving into busts. And this is something that I'm always interested in. Yeah. Because everybody always talks about this guy's going to be a bust. This guy's going to be a, a stud. This guy's a sleeper. But let's focus now on a few guys that we think are either going to not do as well as they did last year or get overdrafted. Yeah. Essentially making them busts because that's such a big buzzword. And the first name that you actually put on here was CJ Anderson. Mm-hmm. And to, I put a note next to it, just LOL, because I forgot he played for the Panthers, <laughs> which is a nice surefire sign that you're going to be a bust. I forgot what team he played for. Yep. And then it's the Panthers. Oh, right. God, no. But why, why do you think he's going to be a bust? So I, uh, you know, listen, I think to uh, dub yourself, you know, a fantasy guru, you have to also admit when you make mistakes. And I uh, drafted my husband's team last year because he was on call working and Mm -hmm. couldn't do it. And I drafted him CJ Anderson. And obviously he was like pretty (laughs) mad at me the rest of the year. So I have a a special stake in seeing what CJ Anderson does (laughs) this year. Uh, But listen, I'm not going to draft him again. And you shouldn't either. Um, the fact that he's on the Panthers now, so obviously McCaffrey is the workhorse oh, in yeah. that backfield. But, you know, don't sleep on Jonathan Stewart. He actually had one mm. of the better seasons of his career last year, and he's going to steal a ton of touches from C.J. Anderson. So, you know, Anderson's going to be one of those guys who maybe he's available on waivers and maybe you decide to grab him when you have injuries or bye weeks. And he either maybe has 40 yards and a touchdown for you and you're happy, or he yeah. has two touches and you're miserable. But either way, he's going to be a disaster in um, PPR. Don't even touch him there. And for standard leagues, literally, if, you know, you've got, if you've drafted two running backs who have buys in the same week, which don't do that, or if you've got injuries, yeah. maybe pick him up on waivers, but otherwise, not worth it. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> um, Mike Evans is another name that I would classify as somebody who's going to get overdrafted this year. And maybe he won't because the Jameis Winston suspension is going to scare some people off. Yeah. 
But I just have a feeling that last year, I would argue, was kind of a down year for him. I know he was a good year statistically, and he got a nice contract out of it, but it wasn't what people were expecting it to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that he's going into this season with the same expectation of he's going to be a number one receiver. He's going to be a guy who's going to get you a lot of touchdowns, maybe a lot of yards. I just don't see that happening. Whether yeah. I, mean, I know Fitzpatrick's an all-right quarterback. It's not like he's going to be untouchable. You know, if you can get him at a reasonable spot in the draft, do it. But I don't see him being a guy I would take over even an Odell Beckham who's coming off of an injury and has mm -hmm. similar questions. I would maybe go with him because he's got more of a reliable system in place in New York than Mike Evans does in Tampa. What do you say about Mike Evans? So I think that um, we, like you and I, have to sort of define how we're using the term best mm -hmm. because what we think of as a best might not be what our listeners are thinking of as a best. So yeah. when we say best, we don't necessarily mean that this guy, that Mike Evans is going to have 400 receiving yards and five touchdowns. You know, he could still have 700 receiving yards, nine touchdowns. He could still have a pretty good year, but yeah. all of this, when, when we're talking, when it's summer and we're talking about fantasy, we're talking about drafting and we're talking mm. about ADP. Yeah. So whatever Mike Evans' ADP is, it's totally going to depend on your league. You're either going to be in a league where you know, people don't want to touch Mike Evans because of the Jameis suspension. And so you see him available in like the third or fourth round. Obviously, you take grab him. him. Take him, take him take no him, matter him. what, like that's an incredible return on oh, your yeah. investment. Uh, but if you see someone take him in the first round just to sit him, you know, and they don't necessarily have to sit him on the bench. Maybe it'll turn out that he's Fitzpatrick's go-to guy because he's freaked out and doesn't have anyone else to throw to. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's it's we're not saying don't draft Mike Evans. Of course, he's mm -hmm. one of the better receivers in the league. But what we're saying is that you don't necessarily want to spend a first or even high second round pick on him. Lower that expectation bar. Mm -hmm. Take it from a guy who roots for him every Sunday. Just lower the expectation <laughs> bar and you'll enjoy your life a lot more. Yeah. Uh, go from a receiver on my team to a receiver on your team, mm -hmm. Jimmy Graham and the Green Bay Packers, which you put on here. So I I'm, did. I'm not, I'm not trolling <laughs> here trying to say that the Packers are busting out. I wasn't a fan of the signing when it happened because I, I equated it to the Martellus Bennett signing, mm -hmm. which I talked about last year on Stacking the Box around this time where he's going to be a bust, don't take him. Now, again, flexible use of the word bust. You're busting overdraft is kind of what we're saying here. Right. Um, I think a lot of people are going to overdraft Jimmy Graham in, in the same way that they did with Martellus Bennett and the expectation that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Graham's a big uh, red zone target. That's going to mean a lot of touchdowns for me. I don't know if it does. Right. So uh, this is a really interesting example of there are some players or some signings that are really good for the team they're on, but they're not good for fantasy. Mm -hmm. So I still think the Jimmy Graham signing, and I feel like I've said this about every <laughs> tight end the Packers have signed since Jermichael Finley because they haven't had a good tight end since Jermichael Finley. But prayers up, Jermichael Finley. <laughs> prayers up. But uh, this is a great signing for the Packers. You know, this provides an element to their offense that they've been so desperately needing. It gives them mm -hmm. a weapon who can threaten the seam. It gives Aaron Rodgers a big red zone target. Mm -hmm. That being said, you know, he's probably not the first, second, third, fourth, or even fifth tight end you should mm. look at this season. Um, I do think he's going to be better in Green Bay than he was in Seattle, just because I think that the Packers are going to use him in their offense closer to the way that the Saints used him. Yeah. The Seahawks had no idea what to do with Jimmy Graham. Surprise, and it was a, surprise. a surprise, surprise. And it was a total waste of mm -hmm. his talent. Um, at the same time, you know, the thing about the Packers offense, and I run into this every year because, you know, yeah, I like to have a Packer on my fantasy team, 
which one do you take? You know, who, in any one week, you could have Devontae Adams get two touchdowns. You could have Randall Cobb get two touchdowns. You could have Jimmy Graham get two touchdowns. Richard Rod- Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Rogers is going to get all of the Richard touchdowns. I'm Rogers, calling it right, right now. Right. You could have Ty Montgomery get two touchdowns. He's going to be used as a big, almost as a slot receiver, mm-hmm. basically. He's still wearing that number 88. So ultimately, any of those guys are great weapons, but they're probably not going to be great weapons in the mm-hmm. week that you're trying to start them. And that's yeah. why anyone in the Packers, save for Devontae Adams, I think he's going to be one of the top receivers taken, as he should be. But Jimmy Graham, you know, the thing about tight ends is, is they're, if you're in a you know, 12-team league, take Jimmy Graham earlier because mm-hmm. you're going to get into some real drags. If you're in a 16 league, an 18 league, you can wait a little bit longer. You don't need to invest a lot on Jimmy Graham. Um, he's not, he's not going to be a good PPR target. Um, and he's probably not, he's going to get some touchdowns this year, but he's probably not going to get them in the weeks that you're trying to start him. That's usually my problem yes. with fantasy <laughs> players. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah. So um, the thing about Shady is that he's this guy that, you know, if you've been playing fantasy for like a decade, um, he's ubiquitous, right? Mm-hmm. But it's we're finding, finally starting to see the sun set on Shady McCoy, which yeah. is a little bit sad because he's been someone who, you know, I've had on probably six <laughs> or seven of my fantasy teams in the last decade. He used to be really fun to watch, but that's a terrible offense. And yeah. we don't know what it's going to really look like this year. I mean, obviously the quarterback situation is going to, dictate the whole thing but I'm I'm not going to touch it with a 10-foot pole there are no. too many other talented running backs you could look at like Kareem Hunt or like Alvin Kamara mm-hmm. or like um you know there are so many guys who could come in um you just you, you don't necessarily need to take a chance on yeah LaShawn McCoy Kareem Hunt interestingly next guy on my yeah. list uh in the, I think this falls firmly in the overdrafting yes category no one's saying that Kareem Hunt is is not going to get his share of touchdowns and he's going to well he's going to get his opportunities I don't know what that offense looks like so I'm I'm unsure of what the weapons within the offense are going to look like but you know Spencer Ware is coming back this year Patrick Mahomes defenses aren't necessarily scared of him because they don't know what he's going to be and if he is a mobile quarterback that's going to take the running game that element out of the offense. And Andy Reid's offenses have never been, you know, heavy on the running backs, you know? You know the Deuce Staley years of the Philadelphia Eagles aren't really remembered as being power-running years. Right. So Kareem Hunt, I think he's going to get his, but it's, it's, there's a lot of mouths to feed in that backfield. Mm-hmm. And with the way that the weapons have developed in Kansas City, with Travis Kelsey emerging and Tyree Kill emerging, they have Sammy Watkins now. Yeah. I mean, outside of that, you know, you're going to have some guys who aren't, the defenses aren't going to focus on as much because they're focusing on Kareem Hunt. And then you can throw in one of those guys and all of a sudden the offense is different. So it goes back to your point about the Packers having a team that's good for football, but not good for Mm -hmm. fantasy football. I think that Andy Reid is approaching his Sundays wanting to win on the gridiron, not win everybody else their (laughs) fantasy games. And that unfortunately might mean a less productive season for Kareem Hunt. And let's not all forget 
in the middle of last year, he was a ghost. Yeah. He was on my team and I lost <laughs> my league because he was non-existent right. in, the, in the middle of the year. So let's not sleep on that and just think, oh, he was really good in the first half and he was good in the last game of the season. There was a large portion of last year where he was Disappeared. garbage. Yeah. And let, that could come back again in extended periods. And it was last year. So. Yeah, the only sort of insider tip that I'll give you about Kareem Hunt, and <laughs> you guys can decide, you know, how much stock you want to put in it, and if you want to, you know, take him at his ADP, which we think is a little bit high, is there have been reports, and we'll see this more in training camp, and this is, I would wait, see what he does in training mm -hmm. camp, and then decide, but he's being used as a pass catcher more than he was last year, and so that can make him a really great pickup in PPR, um, probably, you know, his ADP is a little bit too high in standard leagues. But yeah. I, I like him a lot in PPR leagues. So if that's your format, oh. knock yourself out. There you go. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, two more here. Juju Smith-Schuster. Overdraft. That is my overdraft bust category mm -hmm. again. We talked. We don't know what we're getting from Roethlisberger. Antonio Brown's there, but... We don't know how much defenses are going to focus on him versus Smith-Schuster. What do you think about him being a guy that people are going to go for? They're, they, on their board, they've got Mike Evans and they've got Juju Smith-Schuster. They're going to go between those two. I would avoid them both, but what do you think about old Juju? Yeah, I think people are going to maybe get cute and think that Juju is like a sneaky good pickup for where they're going to see him available mm -hmm. in their leagues. Um, and the problem with Juju the same problem that we've talked about with a lot of these players is that you know he's got Antonio Brown, he's got Le'Veon Bell who could steal some touches. Yep. They've got James Washington now who's going to steal some touches. So I think his ceiling has been lowered quite a bit. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I think his floor is pretty solid. You know, I don't think he's necessarily gonna uh, totally ghost on you, but we I think agree that he's someone that you shouldn't look to draft. You know at his ADP. You probably yeah. want to see if you can sneakily take him. The problem is that it really just depends on how savvy your league is. Because if yeah. your friends are casual football fans who don't really know a lot and Yahoo tells them to take Juju or you know ESPN or whatever, tells them to take Juju mm -hmm. at like number 28, um, that's what they're going to do. If you're in a league with people who are like pretty smart and you know in the know, <laughs> um, you might see some people passing on him and you might have an opportunity to kind of sneak in and get him at a yeah. good value. Last guy on the list could fall into that category, too. He was a guy, I think it was a consensus number one pick mm -hmm. last year. Broke his hand or something at the, the first game of last year. David Johnson. And also, Nick Franz has been beating this drum in the, in the chat, saying he is not going to take David Johnson. You waited just in time, Nick. That is the last name that we're getting <laughs> to. Do not draft David Johnson. I wouldn't go that far. I would say he's a guy like Juju where mm. smarter fantasy football owners are going to pass on him because they see, like you said, Arizona is going a bad way yep. really quickly. <laughs> um, and that offense just isn't going to be good this year. And it's not going to be interesting. It could be productive. But you're not going to get the numbers that you want out of David Johnson if you're going to draft him in a high enough spot. I don't know where he's ranking in the final running back categories, really. I think it's, he's still a top 10 guy. I don't know if I'd put him in the top 10, to be honest yeah. with you. I would say if you can get him later, sure, he's not going to be available later because he's going to be considered a top 10 guy. That would be, I would avoid him as my running back one and maybe even my running back two. Mm -hmm. I would keep him as a bench guy in my mind. Yeah, he could be a good flex option, I think. Yeah, um, if you can too. get him, if you can get two solid running backs and then 
you know, get him and kind of see what he does in the first few games before you decide to plug him into your lineup. That could mm-hmm. be a good way to do it. Of course, again, it's, it's you know, how much does your league know and how savvy are your fellow players? If they see him on, you know, the ADP of like four or five and they just draft him because that's what the, you know, thing is telling them to yeah. do, then you're kind of SOL in terms of getting a deal on him. But, you know, the other thing, and we've been talking, obviously, we have a limited amount of time on the show and we can't, you know, go through every schedule for mm. every team for every fantasy player. But we've sort of been talking about these players in a vacuum a little bit. We haven't really been talking about who these players are going to go up against yeah. and who they're going to face. And the thing about any player in the NFC West is do you really want to send your running back out against Aaron Donald and the Rams defense twice a year? Nope. Like, no, thank you. That would be, Mm-mm. that's terrifying to me. And, and that, you know, that's, the NFC especially, I think, has uh, has quite a few defensive fronts that I would be afraid to send my running backs into. So you, mm-hmm. you've got to look at your your um, player schedules, too. And if you want to take someone like David Johnson, you know, you've got to think, what weeks are you trying to play him? What weeks are you going to keep him on the bench? When is his bye week? He's There's a lot that goes into taking a player like him, especially if you're trying to get him in the first round. And again, you know, if you're in a 12-team league, you're probably going to have to take him in the mm-hmm. first round if you want him, and I think that's too high. Oh, yeah. If you're lucky enough to be in an eight-team league and you can get him, you know, if you're doing a snake draft and you're maybe at the beginning or middle of the second round, go for it. But yeah. I think a lot of people are going to be um, kind of forced into taking him too soon, and they're not going to be happy with the return on their investment. Yeah, well, we're going to have to find out. Season's just around the corner, <laughs> and your fantasy draft is even sooner. So take this information <laughs> and lock it away somewhere special so you can win your league. And Michelle's going to have plenty of more fantasy football coverage on fansided.com. So you've heard her knowledge here firsthand. You know it's great. You can read it in the written word and take it for what it is. Bring it to your draft as you print it off. <laughs> laminate it. Laminate it. <laughs> Speaking of your draft, too, uh, Fanatics, great partners. You go to fansided, or fan, uh, fanatics.com. Use the promo code FANSIDED and you can save 20% on your fantasy football purchase. You can get your jersey for your draft mm-hmm. and everything like that. You get free shipping. It's a fantastic deal. So you can deck out so you can have at least one good year. For me, this is what it is. One good day a year in your fantasy draft. Right. That's me. That's the one day and then it's all over after that. But Fanatics, use the code FANSIDED and you can get 20% off and free shipping. That's all we got for this week, Michelle. Great, great, great points she brings every single week. Read everything she's got on fansided.com. Like I said, NHL, extreme <laughs> sports, uh, there's Tour de France, is everything. You name it, she's got it. And all of the coverage on fansided.com is going to be fantastic as we head into the NFL season. A great preview is coming out. You can stay tuned for that. And Stack in the Box will be back next week as well. So we will see all of you next Monday on Stack in the Box. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know. A driveway basketball hoop, including the base, weighs around 400 pounds. Something you probably do know. There's a windstorm coming. Something you probably don't know. A basketball hoop tipping over can poke a hole in a car roof like a can opener. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.